Who's excited for what Jesus is doing these days? Amen. Wow. That was very much more emphatic than I expected it to be. That's good. God is doing great things, and we get to be a part of it. How amazing is that? We get to be a part of it. We get to see what God wants to do and watch it unfold in our own lives and in other people's lives. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, if, uh, if you're just joining us this morning, we're excited that you're here. We're excited for the word of the Lord this morning. And I believe, I believe, I hope every week that I preach, I've got a word of the Lord from you. But I know today is. Now, whether I can deliver that or not will, comes to, will, remains to be seen. But I know the Lord spoke and God's got something awesome for you today. I believe that lives are going to be changed. And already have been. But there's... Uh, the Lord is just having me lean into what he's already doing in this place. And the Lord was just kind of highlighting some different things. So I was just praying. And, you know, when I got done with the Philippians series, I knew that I wanted just the Lord had put that other message about the feeding the 5,000. I'm like, where are we going next, God? Where are we going? And I'm just, I was getting a little nervous. So I was wanting to get a little more prepared. I'm like, okay, God, where do you, what's, what are we doing here? And I uh, kept really not hearing much of anything. And I kept praying, and I kept praying. And one night, as I was falling asleep, and I love, I love how God works. Amen. Like, I'm just about dozed off, and the Lord just dropped something in my heart that, that he was doing here. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I kind of started falling asleep. And, I, and a lot of times with me, the Lord will drop something in my heart. Whether it's, I mean, not really even talking about a message and preaching, whatever, but just talking to me. And then he'll watch to see if I get it. <laughs> and so I felt like that's kind of what the Lord was doing that night. He's like kind of highlighting something that he's doing. And then he's just kind of, I don't know how God stands. <laughs> you know, just kind of standing back to see what I'm going to do with that. And again, to my, in my defense, I was just falling asleep. But I think my spirit could listen. And I just, I went, oh, God, that's exciting. And I was just kind of dozing off. And I went, that, that's really true. I, I see that. And I just started falling. I'm like, and you want to keep doing more of that. And I just, I just kept sensing the Lord going, now you're getting it. You're getting there. And I'm like, so I just got really excited. And I just felt this, I don't know how to explain it. It was like, yeah, of, of the Lord. And like just anytime from there on for the next number of days, as I would think about kind of preaching this, I would just hear like just, the Spirit of God and my spirit would just be like, oh, yes. Like, okay, I guess you really want the people to hear this. So we're starting just a short little series, and it's called, uh, it used to be called, because it fits a little bit more, it used to be called uh, Dead Ends and Beaver Dams, or, or Roadblocks and Beaver Dams, because like the, full, the, the river analogy fits better, but this is, I it was either this or building a beaver dam up here. <laughs> so I thought, since I, you know, you, you work with what you got. So we changed it to detours, dead ends, and roadblocks. And uh, just, let me just freestyle a little bit here and see if I can just communicate with you what the Lord had showed me. And uh, the Lord was speaking to me about a season that we're in here specifically at COC. And, and I'm sure other places as well, but just, you know, I'm not the pastor other places. I'm pastor here. And what he was highlighting to me 
was that there's a special grace on this church right now to move forward with God. Just let that soak in. There's a, there's a special grace right now for the people of God to identify areas in their life and that God will just pluck those out and that you can just move forward with him. See, there's a, there's a, there's a, in order for their, this is really a continuation of Pastor Stephen's message last week. He did a phenomenal job, talked about uh, belief and behavior, right? We've got to let our behavior match our belief. And so if, if we really believe that God is in our life and changing our lives and working, then our behavior has to match that. This is kind of like part two of that message. And I uh, hadn't planned on that. I was kind of going a different direction, and the Lord dropped this in my heart that night. And so here, here was kind of the picture he gave me. Here was kind of the thought. Here's, here's the thought behind all of this, is that, all right, you get saved, okay? You come to Jesus, right? Your spirit's made new. We're going to talk about that a little bit. You are a new creation. In that moment, obviously, if you died, you'd go to heaven. Great. But in that moment, you are catapulted forward with the Lord. Now, you're still with the, the word of God would call you a, a baby, a baby Christian. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of growing that you need to do. But you are on this forward trajectory, right? All of heaven is behind that decision that you just made to accept Christ into your life, and you are rocket launching forward. Say forward. forward. You're going forward. And it just like, just like if you, you know, crept up, anyone play with magnets? Anyone have rare earth magnets, those big smash your finger kinds? There's some really nasty ones. But if you creep up to something, it's just going to be right? It's just going to be drawn forward. That's what happens to us when we get saved. It is no holds barred. Well, there's processes that we need to go through, but it's just forward. It's nothing but forward. It is forward with God. I'm growing, 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 just forward, 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 forward. But you know what else is in there? Flesh. And so the concept was this. When I was in high school, we went on a youth group trip to the Apple River in Appleton, Minnesota, and we jumped on inner tubes, and we plopped down in the river, and we went for miles. And then I took all of my money that I had in my swim trunks, because we pulled into this, not pulled in, I mean, we're on inner tubes, right? But there's a whole group of us. And I went to a Dairy Queen, and I had two peanut butter parfaits. That's like all that I remember from that trip. Like, I didn't have any hot dogs or anything. I had two entire peanut butter parfaits because I was 12, right? And my mom wasn't there to say I couldn't, so I did. But the moral of this story is we did not have to work to go down the river. We just went. You just, you just, like, it just naturally, you just naturally went the direction that you were supposed to go. And this idea of when we get saved, we are put on this path of life, and we are just naturally going along on that path. Right? You don't have to work at it. You don't have to struggle at it. You don't have to strive at it. When we're in the river, now if we wanted to go like really faster, we would have to do something. But we're moving forward. I mean, we could, we could, listen to this, we could have a conversation, me and my buddies, about what girl was really hot or whatever, not that we would do that, you know, but just, you know, yeah. 
sitting on our inner tubes, we could forget all about that we're supposed to be moving. And we were still moving. Right? And that's how it is with the Lord. You get in the river of life, and you're just going forward. When you're sleeping, when you're waking, you don't have to work at it. It is just producing life in you, and you are just going forward until your inner tube gets just a little off, and all of a sudden you get caught in one of these little swirly deals. Right? Did you guys grow up? How many grew up on a kind of a farm, like in the country, farm or with no pavement? I remember one time I stayed overnight at David's place and I got to bring my bike. I loved growing up on the farm. You know what we had on the farm? Dirt and gravel. That's what we had. Once in a while, Dad would clean out the, the granary and we could ride bike in the granary. That was just so cool. You know what I loved about taking my bike to David's place? It's on pavement. You know what I did? I should do that. And you're like, whew. <laughs> right? <laughs> Growing up on dirt and you're like, right? But you get on pavement, it's just clear, like just effortless. And that's the road analogy. It's just on a gentle downhill slope, and you just, I'm not going to say, some of this stuff I'm going to get myself in trouble because it's, I don't know if it's entirely legal. So I won't share some of those stories. But I was thinking about coasting sometimes. Well, this one, I could share this one. <laughs> Came through the curves at the top of Highway 10 there. Marnie and I were coming back from Buffalo Lake or something one time, and I just threw it in neutral. <laughs> like, I wonder how far we can make it. About 200 feet before the roundabout is where I made it to. Now, cars were passing me in the last little bit because I was going for Marnie was thinking maybe this marriage is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> right? But it was effortless. And that's what our trajectory with the Lord is like. It's effortless. God just does God things. We're just going down, like not downhill in the bad sense, but just we're flowing with him. It's effortless until, oh, we get a roadblock. Right, the flesh. And so what this little series is, is identifying some of those things like if you remove one or two things that the Lord is putting his finger on, all of a sudden, whoosh, and we've had these conversations. I don't know what happened. I was at the altar. We people prayed for me. I kind of repented, whatever. But now I was like, all of a sudden now, I'm just walking with the Lord. I'm just going forward. Like I just, everything's changed, right? You ever heard these conversations? Ever hopefully experienced these? Like things that I thought would never change is just changing in me. And I used to want to do these bad things. I don't even want to do that anymore. And it's just, it's changing. Is the story making sense? Do we kind of have the premise? All right, we're going to get in the Word of God, and we're going, to, we're going to talk about this. Today's going to be very encouraging for you. We're not talking about any of the things that hold us back today. This is a, we're going to talk about some truth today that you need to know. And every time I'm like, well, God, they kind of know this. I just will just sense the Lord being like, preach this. Preach this. Preach this. They need to hear this. This is going to get in their spirits. This is going to infect and affect them. This is going to get deep down inside of them. This is going to change who they are. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I guess I'll do this then. So the concept is when there's not obstacles, when there's not roadblocks, when we're not getting detoured by our flesh and sin and other dumb stuff and false beliefs about God, 
that it's just this, not effortless in the sense of, oh, life's so easy, but Jesus said, my yoke is easy, come on. Get tethered to him and he's gonna lead and we're gonna go forward. God will give you ideas on how to grow and there's a process still, but it's gonna, it's gonna just happen. Look at somebody say, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. But here's what we find. There's a, there's a discrepancy between what we know to be true versus what we see and experience, okay? Now, what do we know to be true unequivocally? The Word of God, okay? That, I gave you the answer. The answer is the Word of God. The Bible is God's inspired and breathed out Word. That's truth. And I, a lot of times I see things that God says about me, and then I'm like, okay, God says that about me, but then I, you know what else I have in my house? Not just a Bible, I have a mirror. How many of you have ever been you, a Bible, and a mirror, and something's not jiving, <laughs> right? I'm looking at my life in the mirror, you know, this is metaphorical. Looking at my life in the mirror, and I'm looking at my life and what God says about me, I'm like, I don't know that, I don't know that this is always jiving. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about some truths that God says about you. Because if we keep seeing, like if all of a sudden God said, uh, if, you, if you get born again, if you become a Christian, all of a sudden you'll grow wings and start flying. Okay, what's well, the word of God? It's got to be true, right? Well, how many Christians do you know? I don't know, a couple hundred probably. How many of them have wings? Mm, not really any, right? Or if you, uh, if you become a Christian, you will instantly grow a six-foot beard. <laughs> I don't know. Well, fill in the blank with just whatever goofy thing you want. But then every Christian that you know, doesn't, that didn't happen. You would, you would have to start questioning, what, right? Now you're in a conflict. And that's what I feel like we end up in a lot of times. We see these truths in the Word of God. Well, I don't see that in my own life, and I don't see it in a lot of Christians. And I mean, I like those guys, but is this, is this really true? And so we have to question, well, is it, is it me and everybody else I know that are wrong, or is it the Word of God that's wrong? And we would probably never really say it like that, but we maybe just be like, oh, that's cool, and we just kind of move on, and we don't really let it sink in, because we're like, I don't know if I've really ever seen that. I just share today a few truths about what the Word of God says about you, and I want them to sink into your spirit. I want them to become a part of who you are. So here's, here's how it works. We get born again, all right? This is something unique to Christianity. It's the only religion that says this. It's the only way that it works. We believe it's the only true thing about getting to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Here's the accurate condition of mankind. You were created in his image, right? We're, we're made in the image of God. We know the Bible tells us that, that we're created in his image and in his likeness. But here's also what Jesus tells us. Sin distorted that image. Because, I don't know, you don't have to be a philosopher to know that everything's not right in the world. Right? Just drive through a part of town where kids are beating up grandmas or something, or they're throwing babies in ditches, and you know, right? You just have to go, I don't know that everything's perfect with humanity. That's because sin distorted the image of God. But then we get reborn, and our image gets restored, okay? So we're going to hit a few verses here and see what the Word of God has to say about this. 
that, let's just go to Colossians chapter 2. It says this. It says, you were dead. Say dead. Dead. You were dead. Now, hold on a second. Stop there. Don't read ahead. Just wait. Even if you know the verse, just stop a second. Just wait. A lot of us would not describe our condition as dead. No, I went shopping. So, oh, you went to church, and I saw you went up to the altar, and you gave your life to Jesus. You were dead before. You'd be like, I was not dead. I was, you know, I was over at my family's for Christmas. I don't think I was dead. But the Bible calls our spiritual condition. The condition of our spirit was dead. It was dead. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. And then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. And so this is what happens. And I want you to understand this. We are not talking about coming to church. You should come to church. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you being a really good person. What does that even mean? We're not talking about you not doing this and this and this. There are some things that Jesus says, don't do it, and you should not do it. But what we're talking about is the simple gospel. You were dead, and you accepted the free gift of Jesus on the cross, paying for our sins, dying, resurrecting from the grave. You believe that, and now something happened. That's what we're pointing to today. We're pointing to the something that happened. That's what the whole rest of the message is about. Something happened. You are different. Some days you do not act like you are different, and that is naughty naughty, right? We're going to talk about that too later, but, but that does not negate the truth that something supernatural happened. If I get one thing across today, it's that, that when you gave your life to Jesus, you didn't just walk into a church or a Bible study or someone praying with you at your home, and just now I've made a covenant with God to be a better person. That is not what happened. Okay. I don't know. I got to say it again somehow. You were born again. Now, you may live the worst Christian life ever, right? And not be doing the things that you're supposed to be doing. You might have, you have a life full of roadblocks. But in that moment that you asked Jesus to come into your heart and forgive your sins, something happened in you. Something happened in you. Now we want to get those roadblocks and those beaver dams and those clogs out of the way so that our life starts just naturally flowing in that direction. But we can't forget, you can't get all clogged up and then go, well, yeah, I went to church and I'm supposed to be being a better person now. I've got to, right? It's it's not about this idea of... The hard part with some of this is, is what it looks like on the outside when you're really walking with the Lord. And what it looks like when you're dead on the inside but being really moral looks exactly the same. But it's not the same. It is not the same. It's not even close to the same. That's what this message is about. And you're like, so do you mean that we're not supposed to live godly? No, that's not. We're going to get in the Word of God. We'll show you that. But what I'm saying is the only time that something like this happens is when you accept Jesus Christ into your life and you go from death to life. We're not talking about being a better person. We're not talking about being on a spiritual journey. We're not talking about finding some hidden way. We're talking about Jesus did something for you that you could not do. And now you said, "Uh, hey, I want in on that. And now something happened in you. I'm going to say it 5,000 more times. Something changed in you. You became alive in a way that you were not before. 
Now, whether that works itself out depends on you taking roadblocks out of your life. You can still be the same stinky old person that you were when you came alive and you'd just be shrouded in this death of flesh, but that doesn't change that something happened. Something happened. And that's what I want to get across because we get discouraged sometimes because I'm looking at the Bible and I'm looking at the mirror and I'm looking at the Bible and I'm looking at the mirror and I'm like, something must have not have happened. And, and Stephen preached last time, you know, our, our changed behavior comes with a big yes to Jesus. Like he tied those two together. He's like, it's, it's got to be yes. It's got to be this surrender to God. It's not just being a better person. It's being a brand new person. Being a better person might get someone to, you know, buy you lunch sometime. Being a brand new person gets Jesus to bring all of heaven into your life. Come on. Let's talk about eternal life for a second. John chapter 6, verse 40 and 42 says, My Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believe in Him shall have eternal life. And I'll raise them up at the last day. The Jews began to grumble and because He said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Hey, we know your mom and your dad. How can you now say I came down from heaven? He goes on to say, stop grumbling among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws them. Like he's explaining something that's happening here. There's a process that's happening here. There's spiritual life that's happening here. The Father draws your heart, and then I'll raise him up in the last day. He said, be, I'll be taught by God. Like God's going to teach you. He's, you're going to get on the river. Everyone who's heard the Father and learned from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the one. I know there's a lot of words here, but hang with me. Except the one who's from God. Only he has seen the Father. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. The one who believes has eternal life. When you believe, when you surrender your life to Jesus, when you say, God, I, I can't do this on my own. I've, I've not been a good person. I've, whatever that is, you know, I stole the little kid's candy once. I don't, whatever it is, it only takes one sin, right? And we're born with original sin. There's no one righteous. We all need to surrender our hearts to Jesus. But when you pray that, all of a sudden you have eternal life. You now possess eternal life. Your spirit has come alive. You have eternal life. Andrew Murray says, the great work of Jesus is to take away sin. How does he take it away? Listen to this progression. Many Christians just look upon him as taking it away on the cross. Yep, Jesus took away my sin on the cross. That, that is true. Others, they go a step beyond that, and they say, he takes it away from heaven. They get like, he cleanses and keeps me. All right, they see God's in my life. But the true taking away of sin is this. If the light comes in, the darkness is expelled. It is the presence of Jesus dwelling in us by the Holy Spirit that can make us holy. It's when Jesus comes in and he is light and life and he pushes out darkness that we are now transformed. And we are automatically set on this path of becoming more like Jesus, of growing with him. We're on, right? We're on our inner tube and Jesus has just taken us away. And we are getting closer to him and closer to him and closer to him. Here's a truth for you today. Here's our truth. Here's our first truth. You are a new creation if you're born again. If you've surrendered your life to Jesus, you are, a brand, you are not the same person. Even if nothing else looks different on the outside, inside, you're a brand new person. Hold on. 
baby Christian, first day, five minutes after you came to the altar and surrendered your life to Jesus, five minutes after you said, God, wash me clean, forgive my sins, I believe that you died on the cross, that you rose from the grave, I say yes to you, Jesus. All right, that second, you're a brand new person. You are completely different than you've ever been the rest of your life. Well, I don't feel different, I don't care. I've not done anything different, I don't care. I mean, I do care. That's why I'm preaching this to you, but you know what I mean? Like, in that second, you are different. Well, I need to go do really good things. Well, yeah, absolutely. The Bible says that God's got great good works planned for you to do since before the creation of time. But that's not what makes you a new person. Well, I've got to be kind to my neighbor. Absolutely you do. Neighbors are good. Yep. But that's not what makes you a new person. Well, I've got to give to my church and give to the poor. Yes, you should. Generosity is a Oh, it's an awesome thrill ride of blessing from God. Please be generous. But that's not what makes you a new creation. Well, I've got to not cuss so much. <laughs> you should not cuss so much, please. But that's not what makes you a new creation. Well, I've got to go to church every Sunday and Wednesday. That'd be great. That's not what makes you a new creation. That is not what changes you on the inside. Being born again makes you born again. It takes you from death to life. And that is the only thing that takes you from death to life. The other stuff comes out of that. And if you let him, all of a sudden, we're on the river. It just getting more like Jesus flowing down the river. It becomes effortless. And then we get clogs in the river, right? We get the roadblocks in our life. And then it's like, I just can't, I can't. But we're not talking about them today. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and see the new has come. I look at a verse like this and I'm like, yes. And I look at my Bible, I'm like, yes. And I look in the mirror, I'm like, no. And I look at the Bible, I'm like, yes. Look at the mirror, I'm like, no. Look at the Bible, I'm like, yes. Look at the mirror, I'm like, no. The Bible is true. The Bible is true. So if I'm not seeing something in the mirror, then something needs to change. But it doesn't mean that the Bible part is wrong. Come on, you born-again people. You are born again. You are alive in the Spirit because of Jesus. I don't care what the mirror is telling you. Let's let Jesus do some of that. That's what this whole series is about. Let's get this garbage out of our life so that we don't have to try to be better. No, so that Jesus transforms us. Happens inside out, inside out, inside out, not outside in. Happens inside out. Chip Ingram, I've got a, a number of quotes from. If you don't listen to Chip, you should listen to Chip. Chip Ingram says, God promised, uh, promises us more than superficial cosmetic changes. Listen to this, guys. The Bible's not a book of advice on how to become a little different, be a little better, grow a little more. It's not. It does, it does not encourage us just to have greater willpower, stronger disciplines, and deeper motives. Listen, it gives us an entirely new source of life. That is so important. It casts a new vision and calls us into new experiences. It really does speak to us as new creations. I need you to know this today. Tell me you're still with me. You are different when you're born again. You are a brand new thing. That was a different thing than the thing that you were before you became the thing that's born again thing. Right? Something completely different. 
Well, I still feel like full of unforgiveness and bitterness. I'm still angry. Okay, let's let Jesus do some work. But you are now born again. You're different. You're brand new. I don't feel brand new. Shut up. You're brand new. Okay? Bible says it. You're brand new. You're brand new. Say, I'm brand new. I'm brand new. Born again. I'm brand new on the inside. Let's let the rest of my insides catch up to the brand new part of my inside. Come on. Here's a truth. Here's, a, here's another truth. God's doing, God is doing the work in us. God is doing it. God's doing it. Who's doing it? God. God is doing a new thing. No Toby Mac fan. Anyone remember? <laughs> Who's doing it? God. Yeah. God's doing a new thing. God is doing the work in us. Philippians 2.13 says, For God is working in you. I wonder if God could just tell us. <laughs> okay. For God is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. I don't know if you can say it any plainer than that. The Bible's just come right out and says, you're born again, and now it's God that's working in you to do what pleases him. He's giving you the power and the desire to do it. Here's a great promise. Here's another truth. Well, it's the same truth, but another verse. Philippians 1.6 says, and I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Jesus Christ returns. We all get really excited about getting born again. But the same God that started it keeps it going. Keeps it going. Keeps it going. Keeps it going. And he'll, fin he'll bring it to finish. What if we had just as many, just as much excitement, just as much passion, just as much, just as much uh, faith for the testimonies about God keeping on, keeping on in our lives as we do about the getting born again testimonies? In 1978, I went to the altar. I want to hear those stories. I want to hear them all the time. But I want to hear what happened in 1979 and 1980. And oh, let me tell you how God kept doing that thing because I got born again but then I was born again and then I was on the river and then God kept God kept ejecting all those beaver dams and roadblocks out of my life and I just kept flowing on the river God's keeping it up God's keeping it up God's keeping it up that's a testimony God's keeping it up oh you never had any hard days home oh, man I had all kinds of hard days but I'm on the river and God's doing it inside of me God's doing it inside of me and I just keep saying yes, because my behavior has got to follow my belief. I keep believing that this is true. This is true. I'm, he tells me it's true that he's doing a work inside of me. Here's another truth. God is making you like Jesus and putting his glory on your life. You guys ever heard of uh, Moses? You ever heard of the Red Sea? What happened to the Red Sea? Exactly. So there, there, exactly, there's, there's our Moses right there. So, uh, Rick, they're out and they staff, they comfort me. Come on. God met Moses and he said, my glory, you'll see my glory, but no man can see me and live. So you'll see, you'll see like the lesser parts of like enough glory that you'll, you'll be changed 
like, wow, it's going to change, but you can't really look at my face. And here's what I'm going to do. I mean, like only you can really do that because you're, you know, I've given you a special grace for that. But my, the rest of my glory, it's going to come on this mountain and it's going to be like thunder and smoke. And the, and the Bible says the whole mountain shook. And here's what happens. Here's just like, let all your little kids know when they're doing their little Sunday school class and whatever. If you touch the mountain, you die. When the glory of the Lord comes down, you get too close to it, you die. It's not a slap on the hand, and I'm going to kick your butt, and I'm going to spank you. You just die. You die. You die. When you touch the glory of the Lord, you die. The glory of God's coming. He's in a pillar of fire and cloud. But you touch that, you die. Come too close to the glory, you die. Anyone figure out what's happening now? Okay. All right, Henry, don't touch that mountain, Okay. Stay, I, stay away from smoke. I don't care if mom's burning the toast. You see smoke, just don't, just don't go, you die. Okay? And now we get to the sacrifice that Jesus paid, and he opened up this curtain. He opened up the way to come into the Holy of Holies. He opened up this, and now God is putting his glory to die. Well, the flesh needs to die. And the new man carries the glory of God. Romans 8 says this. For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them. God chose you. Say, he chose me. He chose you to do what? To become like his son. Well, that, I'm pastor, that's a little much. I didn't say it. I think God just chose me to be a little bit better. Baloney. He chose you to be like Jesus. That's your standard. That's the goal. That's where you're living towards so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he's like, all right, you come. And they came. He's like, now that you came, me and you were good because of Jesus. All right. And now that we're good, I'm going to put my glory on you. I don't care what the mirror says. Come on, church, you awake? I don't care what the mirror says, the Bible says. I don't care what the mirror says, the Bible says. You're born again. You're a new creation. You're called to become like Jesus. Shut up. Yes. True story. And he wants to put his glory on your life. I'll die. Yeah, well, part of you is going to die. And that's the part we don't like. Makes us uncomfortable. Because I want to do what I want to do. But Jesus wants us to do what he wants us to do. And so let that fire kill the glory, kill the old life so that we can walk in the glory of God. This is, man, this is a word of God. It's, it's true. That mirror and your mind is shouting a hundred other things. He's not talking about you, you loser. Not true. This is the word of God for you. Well, I don't know, I'm not that whole. Come on, don't base your life off the mirror. Base it off the word of God and the mirror will change. Come on, come on. The truer the word of God gets in our spirits and in our hearts and in our minds, the more the mirror is going to change. Come on. I think a couple of you believe me. Chip Ingram goes on to say this. The moment we came to Christ, we were saved, forgiven, and born of God's Spirit. God's plan from that moment forward is to use every circumstance, every relationship, every problem, every pain, every joy, and every opportunity to conform us into the likeness of Jesus. Beautiful. 
He says, but that's not only his plan, it's also our longing, even when we don't know it. We long for something more because we were designed for something more. Come on. The only way for that longing to be fulfilled is to recapture the image of God that was once in us and is now broken. Guys, we've got a broken society out there. And a lot of times we've got a broken church. We need these truths to be planted in our spirit, to know that we are, hey, you know what? I'm not listening to the mirror. I'm listening to the word of God. I'm going to believe this is true, and we're going to start walking out. And Jesus is going to start pulling sticks out of the beaver dam. All right, let's let this flow again. You're going to start getting drawn to the Lord. You're going to start changing in ways that you didn't even think were possible. God's going to start changing heart, your heart in areas that you didn't even know was bad to be like that. You're just going to wake up one day, and God, God's just going to be speaking to you, and you're like, yeah, I don't, I'm not one of those holy, I don't really hear the voice of the Lord. But you're just going to wake up one day, and you're going to be like, this, you're going to tell somebody, that I just, this needs to change, this is changing. I think that's bad. I think I, when I want to go and stab that person, I think that's, I didn't really think that was that bad, but I, now I know that that's bad. Being kind of funny here, just to give you a good, hopefully you're not really wanting to go stab people, but you know. <laughs> It is 2023. 2 Corinthians 3 says this. We're going to read fast through this. There's a lot of, I wanted to get some context here. This is long. If the old way which bring, brings condemnation, I'm talking about, the, talking about Moses, okay? I'm talking about the old law. If that was glorious, how much more glorious? We're talking about the glory of God on our life. How much more glorious is the new way, the, you know, following Jesus, which makes us right with God? In fact, that first glory was not glorious at all compared with the overwhelming glory of the new way, the way that you guys are walking in. So the old way, which has been replaced, if that was glorious, how much more glorious is the new one, which remains forever? Since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. We're not like Moses who put a veil over his face so that the people of Israel would not see the glory even though it was destined to fade away. But people's minds and hearts were hardened. And, and to this day, whenever the old covenant is being read, that same veil covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And this veil can only be removed by believing in Jesus. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, come on, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Listen to this. And the Lord, who is the spirit, makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. I'm telling you, you get on the river. Jesus keeps making you more like him. Jesus, what are we doing today? Making you more like me. Okay, God, what are we doing today? Just changing your heart. Okay, well, I'm, I don't know how to try harder. Don't worry about it. Just let me remove roadblocks, and you just keep cruising on. Man, you just put it in neutral. Just like, you just keep on rolling because God's drawing our heart. God's changing. God's doing things that we could struggle and try for the rest of our lives to change. God can change that in an instant. In an instant. Chip Ingram again, he says, nowhere does it imply trying harder to be holy or do better. It calls us to participate in God's power to transform us, to partner with him in the process of change. Willpower Christianity leads to frustration and disappointment. Anyone ever got frustrated because you were trying to be better and it just didn't work out as good as you thought it was going to? Or you thought it was working pretty good, and then those who really know you and love you come and tap you on the shoulder and say, it's not working that good. <laughs> That's even worse. It leads to frustration and disappointment. Spiritual metamorphosis, empowered by God, leads to genuine 
supernatural, satisfying change. Here's that verse again in the NIV. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. Come on. The glory of God on Moses faded away, but the glory of God on your life increases. Come on. Monday, more. Tuesday, more. Wednesday, ooh, that was a rough day, but more. Come on. More of God's glory. He's working inside out. Inside out. Inside out. We're just about done. More and more and more. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous is like the morning sun, shining ever brighter, ever brighter, ever brighter till the full light of day. There's a trajectory for your life that God has planned, that God has put in place, that is onward and upward, more and more and more of his glory, more like Jesus, more of his glory, more like Jesus. Got to get out the roadblocks, though. You got to take out the stuff that stops us. You got to let Jesus pull out the beaver dam so the water can flow, and then he'll do it. He'll do it. We've got to say yes. Like Stephen said last week, we've got to say yes to him. Chip says this, the Christian life is the journey between the new identity we've already been given and living it out. Yeah, letting the mirror, letting the mirror, what he's saying is getting the word to match the mirror and the word doesn't change. So what's got to change, (laughs) right? Our image, like us, what we're believing, how we're walking it out, but we can't just try to be better. Can't just try to be better. Well, if I go to church one more time, well, that's going to help, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about cultivating a bigger yes to God. Okay, God, just have at it. Put your finger on whatever's blocking up my flow of getting closer to you. Chip also says, at its heart, the Christian life is realizing that you were once dead, but you're now alive. Jesus lives in you. And all of his spiritual blessings, power, love, wisdom, inheritance, and character traits are already available to you. It's already here. Last one. This is it for today. Chip says, you'll need to learn to walk in them. That's part of the process. But you don't have to acquire them. Let me say that again. You've got to figure out how to get, get the roadblocks out, how to grow, right? How to, you know, Jesus is the one that's given you the new shoes, but, right, you've got to learn to walk in them. You live in what you've been given. You don't have to go get it because he's already given it to you. You live in what you've been given. You let the identity that God has given you play out in daily life. Living this way is not an option. It's a command. The core of the Christian life is letting your relationship with Christ manifest inwardly and outwardly with all of its fullness. That's your calling. You've got to know the word of God is true. If you've said yes to Jesus, I don't care what failure you're looking at on the outside, I don't care what the mirror is shouting back at you, look at the word of God and say, all right, what is the word saying? says I'm a new creation. says I'm created to be blessed. says I'm walking into the image of Jesus Christ. says I've got the glory of God on my life. What? It doesn't look like that, but it's true. It doesn't make it any less true. We've got to believe that first. Otherwise, we're just always trying to be better. We're just getting frustrated and we're striving. We've got to start inside out. We've got to let the truth of this soak into our heart that Jesus, 
I was dead, now I'm alive, something happened in me. Let's let that work inward, transform how I think, and then it works outward, and it starts just peeling off layer after layer of garbage and of junk. And this is what I've been seeing happen in our church. I've been watching this play out. And when I was talking to the Lord about that, he's like, there's more available. He's like, let them know that this is a season. Like, this is available all the time. But there's a season that God's just breathing life on. You want to be transformed? Let's be a people of God that are growing up in our faith, that are mature, that are, that are walking in the blessing of the Lord, that are being a blessing to others, that aren't just trying hard to be not so turd-like. We're just we're letting the glory of Jesus transform us from the inside out. All of a sudden, I don't even want to slap you anymore. I just want to pray for you. I just want to, and it's not just today. I thought it would go away after a while. Like that was last Tuesday, and I still want to just bless you. I used to not want to bless you. I used to want to do other things. I still, I just had all this, just hatred in my heart, and I just, I looked for it the other day. I tried to work some of that up. I'm like, God, you remember when we used to be, have a good time hating that person? They did some really horrible things to me. I just don't even know what happened to that. God, where did I put that? It just, I can't even, I scratched around in here for a while. I can't even find that. I just, you know, it's been 18 years since I've called my sister. I just, I saw all of a sudden, man, I can't stand talking to her. But you know what? I really, I really just want to say I'm sorry. I don't even know what I did. I think, I think she did all the wrong stuff. But, but I just have this overwhelming urge to call and just say, I'm sorry. I don't know what I'm going to say because she's going to say, what are you sorry for? And I don't have nothing. I don't even think I'm sorry for nothing. But you know, my heart just wants to be humble and I just want to, do you see what I mean? Inside out, inside out, inside out, you get the roadblocks out of the way. You let Jesus just put his finger on stuff and say, we're going to pull that out of the way and let the river of life flow. All of a sudden you just start transforming from the inside out. Does that make sense? Are you on board? Come on. God, do it here. Do it in us. Do it in us. So I don't, I don't really know what the next week or two holds. Hopefully it doesn't step on our toes too much, but hopefully it steps on our toes enough that we're like, I want, I want that. I want that to be, like, I don't want to hold that back. That's God's vision for your life. Every one of you. Every one of you that are following Jesus, that's God's vision for your life. Everything we talked about today. Glory of God, transformed, becoming like Jesus. That's a great thing. But we've got to let him take those roadblocks out of the way. Okay? I need to finish because I need to get these signs back before the cops come. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Let's pray today. Father in heaven, I thank you for the glory of God that is resting on our lives right now. Thank you that we are transformed. Lord, and if there's anyone listening by video or on the radio today, that, or is in, in this room even, that maybe just has only been coming to church, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about saying yes to Jesus. I just pray that they would surrender their hearts. They would say yes. I pray that if you're, if you're following along, if you're listening on the radio, if you're watching by video, or if you're sitting here this morning and God's just like, I don't think that you've ever said yes to me. 
We can argue and say, God, I've been a pretty good person. That's not what he's interested in. Well, I, came to, I go to church a lot. That's not what he's interested in. Have you been born again? If you can't definitively say yes, then do what that I, I do almost every day. Yes, Jesus, I give you my life afresh today. I believe you died for me and you rose from the grave and you are seated at the right hand of God, interceding for me. I, I say yes to that. Forgive my sins. Wash me clean. And Lord, I thank you for the future that these people have today. God, one of life and hope and joy of walking forward with you, being transformed into your image, being changed from the inside out the way it was intended to be. I bless these people with transformation and the power of God in their lives. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen.